Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Could the demise of SVB lead to broader banking sector meltdowns? That seems to be the question on many analysts' lips. Investors in the banking sector have been on edge, with banks in the region hit hard this week, dragged by fears of fallout from the collapse of SVB, the California-based lender, whose fall within 48 hours marked America's biggest bank shutdown since 2008. We saw a sell-off in. Asia this week, despite U.S. regulators' attempts to avert a potential banking crisis over the weekend. Earlier this week, for example, HSBC holdings plunged more than five percent over in Hong Kong. This after the banking giant pledged to inject two billion pounds of liquidity into SVB's UK unit, which it bought for one pound. Also, Standard Chartered Bank sank nearly seven percent. Earlier on Market View, I discussed the link between SVB and S REITs, REITs here in Singapore. It's a business also sensitive to interest rates. Now, at the heart of SVB's demise were interest rate hikes by the United States Federal Reserve, aimed at quelling decades-high inflationary rates. So, how did the Fed's interest rates impact the banking sector, and how did the rise in rates dry up finances at the heart of Silicon Valley Bank? It's going to find out with uh, Swapnil Mishra, founder of Wealth Zen, and he's adjunct mentor at Singapore Management University. Good morning, Swapnil. Good morning, Michelle. All right, help us understand this mess. What Neil? Traders and analysts had previously predicted the Fed would increase the pace of hikes to tackle inflation, and now uh, they're wondering if expectations should be dialed back because of what's happened. First up, help us join the dots between interest rates and the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, I think if, if you were to take a step back and just, uh, and I'm sure uh, other guests. On your show, have have explained the linkages between interest rate, but uh, if you were to just you know, I'll try and simplify and, and see if it helps. The um, the bank is a unique industry uh, fundamentally because both the input raw material and the output, what they sell as a final product, is the same thing, which is money. So unlike any other company, which is let's say manufacturing biscuits and you are buying flour and sugar and and butter, and your final product is is a packet of biscuits. Your your variables influencing your business are actually much more and more complex, but they are at least diversified. In case of banks, unfortunately, you are giving depositing money into the bank, and then the money is going and lending the bank money back to the people in the market itself. And the only variable that controls this money is interest rate. So on both ends of the input and output side, banks are sensitive to interest rate. That's one fundamental uh, challenge. Now. To make it more complex, you have the regulatory environment which affects the the uh, interest rate. So it is not entirely de- decided on the basis of demand and supply. The interest rate is directly influenced by what the policymakers are doing, which means many times inter- the banks are just reacting to an anticipated action from the uh, from the Fed. And therein lies the problem with SVB, where. While managing the situation where there are depositors and there was a, a significant increase in deposits, it went from almost 50 billion to 200 billion because there was a surge in funding that was done thanks to the growth momentum for the startups. 
you suddenly have to think with 200 billion you are not sure what to do with it you need to deploy it somewhere you just can't leave it in the in the in the you know current account and mm-hmm. so you start buying securities and when the bank makes a decision to buy the securities uh, treasuries or uh, any kind of uh, you know fixed income instrument they are essentially taking an estimation of what the policy action is going to be on the interest rate and that's where if you get that wrong you will have a situation where people who have given you money for the short term uh, may want the money back but you have put the money locked it away into products or bonds or securities which are susceptible to going down in value with interest rate increases so these treasuries um at the heart of their balance sheet went down mark to market basically in value absolutely and and, uh, and and in current environment right it is it's it's a uh, even for depositors muscle memory kicks in very fast it's 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 almost like you know if you today if you sneeze in the mrt people will just move a few feet away take out a mask because the immediate panic is oh my god this person sneezed it's a flu it is it's covid i'm really scared i'm going to run i'm going to protect myself and it's the same sentiment that applies when the whisper started for svb that oh they, you know they seem to have a liquidity crisis now they seem to have means you start taking money out and you actually contribute to the crisis so the depositors withdrawals actually contributes and uh, you know uh, intensifies the entire uh, you know crunch which the company is facing and is actually addressing and 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 how do you you can't blame the depositors for that because depositors are also trying to protect their own interests right it's their money which is sitting in the bank and you don't want to wake up uh, just like during demon and say hey monday morning lemon is you know is is done it's it's closed um so that's yeah so that's i mean uh, that is what is making it more difficult because you can't stop the investors and tell them that no no depositors that everything is fine uh, they also have to watch out for their uh, interest you don't have a very diverse pool of clients as well these were mainly tech startups uh, some say the speed with which information moves in our society now twitter for example the speed with which information spreads could have also contributed to uh, the spectacular uh, bank run and fall in a matter of 48 hours or so of this bank uh, the question now i think is you know there's a saying that the federal reserve raises interest rates until something breaks and it's been quite a surprise for many that over the past year nothing's broken so far given what has happened to svb do you think that these risks are going to push the fed uncomfortably close to maybe rethinking its pace of rate increases so actually i i feel the the you know the economists or analysts are fundamentally you know split into two camps one who firmly believe that you know what fed is doing is correct and inflation has to be controlled and interest has to be increased and then there is the other camp which is you know waiting for a moment to uh, to kind of you know find enough ammunition to raise their voice and in the last 6 days clearly they have got the opportunity to really you know come out and say you know to to fed that you know this, this is time for you to really pivot towards stopping or at least acknowledging that you know we have gone too far so it's given mm-hmm. them ammunition and it is making headlines it's giving them the opportunity to talk and i would say it would definitely force fed to reconsider and at least accelerate the you know plan i mean everyone had called that they would stop uh, increasing rates sometime this year now we didn't know when i would say they would be discussing moving that uh, timetable uh, a little forward because uh, clearly the danger now is if there is a contagion there is an you know there is uh, more banks that are 
infrastructure and we start discovering that more banks are facing this problem then it will it will put even more pressure so i think the pressure on fed has started although like yesterday again cpi data came out which is again you know in favor of uh, high inflation which means fed is under pressure and they are continuing to maintain that hawkish stance um but i would i would say i mean we saw goldman sachs change their view right that's one of the main yeah. ones which has uh, called for a, a pause but it's possible that they first reduce the percentages means instead of 50 increase only a 25 basis points and then uh, move to a pause um at least in the short run and i would say it will also depend on what other problems are there in the banking sector in us because that visibility fed would have uh, and i'm pretty sure in the last five days we could have <laughs> looked at the interest rate risk in 50 other banks regional banks in particular right because there's the worry that money will be pulled out of these banks and then put into into larger banks perceived as as more stable let me ask you a broad question how does the collapse of svb and new york based signature bank as well compare to what you saw in the 2008 global financial crisis so a couple of things you know fundamentally different one was uh, interest rate hike was not the driver the driver was more around uh, uh, the you know the mortgage backed uh, securities which were the underlying cause of the problem so it originated from uh, prices which had shot up too much and effectively banks were sitting with high exposure so that was one was the difference in terms of the trigger second which is the muscle memory back in 2008 when somebody asked me will this bank you know stay open it almost seemed like a like a ridiculous question you could actually say come on how can you even ask a question like that because we generally operated in the premise that banks don't shut you know everything works fine and then you know there's regulators are there there is uh, enough uh, liquidity there is Uh, ratios being maintained in terms of capital adequacy so the so the possibility of a bank shutting down and going just under overnight was not there and hence there was there was that like i remember answering this question when you know people would ask me with a bit of uh, you know uh, annoyance that how can you think it will not not it will close today that is very different and you can now see in the actions of the fed as to how fed has also learned from that experience where they let lehman go and allowed everyone to discover what will happen if lehman goes because nobody knew at that time in this time around can you imagine over a weekend they managed to engineer hsbc buying the uk security so they must have collaborated with the uk regulators they managed to get a fund to backstop they managed to uh, you know not use taxpayers money again that is you know they did that differently last time so i would say very different from 2008 and clearly the speed at which the regulators are acting is 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 good because it shows that there is higher awareness of this problem which means the speed to uh, to you know in terms of action and reaction to contain the problem is is much uh, higher which was not there in 2008 all of that never happened people just went from one problem to another and the dominoes kept falling and nobody really knew what was going to fall next i mean i, I was in rbs i personally witnessed that with rbs itself where uh, we went from feeling extremely confident and then uh, suddenly uh, not so confident. Here, this time around, it is <laughs> this time around it is different. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you think that SVB's issues are isolated because of uh, you know extremely concentrated sort of client profile, or is this a, a sign of something systemically wrong with the banking sector in the so, US? Yeah, so I would say in US. Uh, this is 
I would consider this as a symptom of a much larger problem, which is the lack of scrutiny and the relaxation in the regulatory supervision over the last few years. Right? So they have passed acts, uh, laws to reduce the uh, level of supervision. Now, when you reduce the level of supervision and you know the uh, the you don't know the size of the problem outside of this bank. So I would say that to me is my personally I would say that is the biggest risk today, where how many other banks are facing this problem and how far will Fed have to go to prevent this from happening with two other banks or you know three other regional banks. Having said that, it is still a more localized problem. In case of mortgage-backed securities, the reason the reason the problem spread to Asia fast was because Asia was a big buyer of those mortgage-backed securities. So hmm. it was it was also affected because of that, and there was linkages with the insurance businesses. Those were the two reasons why it kind of spread so fast in terms of the link with Asia. In case of the, these, uh, you see the reaction in China. There has been virtually no reaction because their level of supervision is very high, especially for the uh, small and medium uh, and, and state level banks. So I, I think it will remain contained to US, but the discovery. Uh, and how Fed discloses this information to the market of uh, the fact that they have looked at everything and they are uh, confident that there is no other uh, uh, interlinked uh, problems uh, brewing from that. So SVB apparently did not have a chief risk officer for about nine months, April to December 2022. It's just one of the things that the Fed is now looking at. What sort of vulnerabilities or hidden risks do you think SVB's collapse shows up about the banking sector? It shows that banks still are, even after the 2008 correction, where the sheer amount of contribution of profits was very high. So banking was contributing to nearly 30-40% of the uh, overall uh, profit. And that was, I mean, you would expect manufacturing to do that, not really banking. Banking is more a utilities or a services uh, uh, business, especially working so closely with the regulators. And that is a reflection of the underlying, let's say, greed or ambition. So the bank has ambitions to also deliver profits. They also want to grow. And rapid growth is, again, something which everyone likes. So the problem is not having a 200 billion deposit base. The problem is going from 50 to 200, which means you're in the race to get to that 200. Definitely there are shortcuts taken. And now you add a situation where there is no risk officer, which means there is nobody actually sitting there applying the brakes. So everybody sitting in the room will say, hey, this is fabulous. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's go and get this. And suddenly everything is driven by growth, which is fine in a tech company because it's a tech startup. It is supposed to take that kind of risk. It's dangerous for a bank, and that is why the role of the regulator becomes important to ensure that you know breaks are being applied or the risk management. Um, and, and 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 we see these actions, right? In, in like in in case of Singapore, NAS uh, increased the risk margin for OCBC just because it felt that the risk management against these uh, phishing uh, scams in OCBC was not strong enough. So the regulator can step in and apply that break the minute you put a risk margin increase, which means the bank has less money. To, uh, to to make profits, which means you're applying the brakes. So the regulator then has to play a very important role here in uh, in in ensuring that one, you have a risk officer, I and mean, that itself is quite shocking uh, for a bank of this size to not have uh, the risk officer. I mean, they play a very crucial role in providing the internal checks and balances. Uh, absolutely. 
So investor Michael Burry doesn't believe that the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank is significant. He thinks this will be resolved pretty quickly. He has put out some cautionary tweets on the market. He believes that inflation is going to spike. He's told traders sell ahead of the Federal Reserve meeting. He did so in February. Who knows if his view has changed this morning. But tell us, what do you think largely it's going to take to restore confidence in the banking sector? No new, uh, you know, uh, like no new name coming up as a potential intervention where Fed has to step in. I think that alone will be a positive in the next, let's say, one month. The fact that SVB and all of these banks have been sorted, I think that's pretty much uh, done. Depositors are safe. Stock uh, shareholders are all wiped out. Bondholders, I would say most of them will not get their money back. But at least the depositors are secure. The, they, they've got their access to their money. So if no new com- no new bank uh, name comes up, then uh, I would agree with uh, this view that it will remain uh, contained and we'll move on. And we will still be facing the problem of inflation and interest rate, which means mm-hmm. from an interest rate cycle point of view, we will continue to see volatility this year in banking stocks because the yield curve is going to be bouncing all over the place, uh, given the whole uncertainty. So global financial stocks lost 465 billion US dollars in market value as investors cut their exposure to lenders across the globe. Singapore's trios of local banks saw retreats, but the declines were modest. What do you think investors here need to understand when they ask, can the same happen to one of the big three local banks here? The the framework, uh, both the regulatory framework and the business model of these banks is uh, is it just cannot be compared with uh, with uh, some of these banks that are in the news. Uh, these are diversified businesses. Uh, even their lending is is uh, extremely diversified. They have both corporate retail. Uh, plus, they have a very strong regulatory uh, oversight. You know. Uh, so, so given all of these things, I would say a, a run like that or a, you know something like that is, uh, I mean, extremely extremely unlikely to happen in a case like this. Having said that, diversification as an investor, as a depositor, is always a good idea. So, you know, if, if, if there is a, a, a need to diversify, it is always a good idea to use multiple custodians. In fact, this was one change that started happening after 2008. After 2008, a lot of people made that conscious decision not to have a single bank concentration, not just hmm. because of the, the bank going under, but because of an administrative bottleneck that gets created where... Your, if you need the money urgently on a Monday morning and if you had all your money with SVP, then you're stuck because you're just not able to get it out. Maybe a week later you'll get it because it's sorted. Mm. But for that one week, you're going to have uh, difficulty. And so diversifying just for the sake of continuity of your uh, access to cash flow is a good idea. Not, not because the bank is going to go under, but just for uh, purely from a risk mitigation point of view uh, because the access to the account is, I would say, Apart from access to Wi-Fi, it would be the second most important factor. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said. And speaking of risk mitigation, MES has come out to say the Singapore banking system remains sound and resilient. When it comes to what consumers need to understand about how protected they are, I mean, I had a, a friend who was in Australia and she said, you know, 
walk up to your bank and ask them if I have this amount in deposits and you go under, what happens to me? Not everybody may be familiar with uh, Deposit Insurance Acts. So tell us, uh, here in Singapore, if you can you walk up to a bank and say, I have more than $250,000 with you, what happens if you go under? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So firstly, you can do that. It is your right as a customer. So uh, you know you are you're not uh, you're not inconveniencing the bank by asking that it's 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 okay it's you should ask. The second is a lot of the information now is already available online, so it can save you the trip where you can go and uh, you know check out this information. There's on the com- bank website on the MAS website. Uh, like MAS has, you can see all the kind of scrutiny that they do of the bank. What kind of ratios they look at? What are the risks that they 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 monitor? You can see all of that. You can go to the bank site and see which deposits are covered, which are not covered under the, the insurance protection. If you want to clarify something, you are you, you can you're well within your rights to ask. So, I, I think if it is a concern, it should definitely be addressed. One also has to be mindful that from the bank's point of view, there is only a few things that a bank can say. The bank can say that we are you know well collateralized and we have a strong, we have a very you know our capital adequacy ratios are strong. So they will give you assurances on the basis of some of these data points, uh, which doesn't eliminate the risk, which doesn't make it a guarantee that don't worry, it will never happen. But it does mm. give you the assurance that yes, there is a method and a framework in place, which is to, to prevent this from happening because it will anticipate or it will identify the problem before it becomes a big problem. Which is like if you take the SVB example, that is another challenge, right? What was KPMG doing as an auditor or what was the internal team doing? Because sensitivity to interest rate is a is a well known thing. It's not a new it's not a new scenario. So, like you know, if if I don't hedge my uh, convert my mortgage uh, into a fixed one and the rates keep going up, and my uh, if I am hurt by the increase in interest rate, uh, hmm. it doesn't require a scientist or you know a, a financial wizard <laughs> to figure that out for a bank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's ridiculous that the bank is... Uh, so, obviously, awareness is there. So in all likelihood, once you are aware and you are already now feeling the pressure, then what you are relying on hope as a strategy that, you know, we hope Fed pauses. And then once Fed pauses, then our treasuries will come back, you know, we'll be in the money. That's not but a, they were doing some sort of fundraising and some say if they had one more yeah. day, then this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, but that's even for Lehman, that was everyone... I mean, ultimately, everyone needs that one day. <laughs> <laughs> just that one more day. Uh, just coming back to the 250000 in your deposits here in Singapore, you might want to uh, look up the Singapore Deposit Insurance Corporation Limited. There's a deposit insurance scheme. And from what I'm looking at, Swapnil's point of diversifying where you keep your money might be a good idea since uh, in the event that a member bank or finance company fails, apparently you are insured up to $75,000. Okay. Yeah, and then they have defined what all is qualifies for that. So sometimes what happens is you have to be careful and to, as to what qualifies and what doesn't. Like if it's a structured mm. deposit, it may not qualify for this. So you have to oh. go a little bit into the DDIR. So what qualifies and what does not is what you need to really understand uh, by talking to the bank or by looking at the information on the bank. That Good question the, to ask. What qualifies? Because I'm looking at it and it looks like all your insured deposits are aggregated uh, but what qualifies, I suppose, as an insured deposit? Okay, got it. That's yeah. a good question to ask. Uh, you, you know, you have your, your, 
your your finger on the pulse of, of the tech industry. So I want to throw in, throw in this question. Do you think SVB's failure is going to have a ripple effect across technology emerging from the US for years to come? It will definitely affect the appetite, uh, risk appetite, because in terms of deploying money, there'll be some uh, element of caution that will come through. You combine that with the general environment, which has been uh, not good for growth. So a, a rise in interest rates and a sudden jolt in terms of a potential you know, crisis uh, triggering from a, a collapse of a bank, both of these will definitely reduce. So we can see that in the, in the, in the, uh, in the VC circles here, the mood is not very positive. So I was meeting a couple of them last week and sentiment was you know, not in the frame of mind to look at new deals and deploy more money. Uh, let's just, you know, let's see how things uh, uh, move along. So yes, it will definitely have a, a slight dent in the, in the risk appetite because when you're making a risk decision, you want to be in a good frame of mind. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, that's you know, in, a, in a macro sense, you need to be in that frame of mind. And I think that uh, will take a little bit of time to, uh, to come back on track. And uh, hopefully that will be the Fed uh, pivot, which is you know, stop the rate hikes. It's been a tremendous show, Swapnil. Thank you for all your insights. But I, I don't know why I've left the most important question for the last. Uh, what lessons are there here for investors in bank stocks? So, <laughs> I think so. so bank stocks are, are an important part of the portfolio, one, because they are cyclical in nature, so sometimes they act as a good diversifier, so they provide the stability. And, and the, in fact, if you see, you know, the, just the XLF, the financials, uh, at least in case of US, even in case of Singapore, the, the stocks, have, uh, they, are, they, are, they are strong on dividends and uh, they are a core part of the, of the portfolio. So I would say uh, opportunities like these where there is a correction, it, it does uh, provide a window to uh, build a position. Uh, into that stock uh, as, as part of your uh, core holdings. Brilliant as always, Swapnil. We thank you so much for helping us understand uh, what's happened with SVB, so important at this moment in history. Swapnil Mishra, founder of Wellsend and adjunct mentor at Singapore Management University. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.